You're listening to Everyday Parents, a day in the life podcast. We share the everyday routines of parents from all kinds of families. Our episodes start with getting to know each guest family, then go through their daily routine and wrap up with some reflective questions about parenting. I'm Jerome Cluck, a stay-at-home dad to our daughter, Charlie, and half of your hosting team. And I'm Caitlin Kirby, Jerome's wife, Charlie's mom, and your podcast co-host. On today's episode, we have JD, who is a stay-at-home father to a one-year-old and a three-year-old. He and his wife live in North Carolina, and they are both former Montessori educators. You can find JD at montessoridad.substack.com, where he has various projects, including a podcast, or on Instagram at the.montessori.dad. Welcome, JD. Please tell us a little bit about your family. My family, my my lovely, beautiful chaos, right? Uh, We are, let's see, we're a family of four, Um, and I have two kids. I have a, well, soon to be three-month, three-year-old. He's got a month left on his clock. Uh, and a recently turned one-year-old daughter, Daniel and Caroline. Uh, wife and I have been married for five years now, um, so this is kind of kind of a new journey in in all aspects for a, you know a family. Yeah, so uh, pregnancy and birth are are relatively fresh then, <laughs> maybe more so for your wife than yeah. you. But is there anything significant about that process that she would be comfortable with you sharing? So my wife is um, an oncology nurse navigator for UNC. So her, her life is way busier than mine. Um, otherwise, she she's absolutely more open about talking about those experiences, I think, than than most things in her life. For the fact that you know we both understand that like it it doesn't get talked about enough. Um, so nothing significant. Um, it's just interesting. So we our son was born at actually two well they're born in two different hospitals two major hospitals uh, Duke University and then UNC so we we might grow up to have two kids that are like on opposing teams yeah um, wow. just by or completely switch and 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 blow our minds but it was interesting to just watch you know for just the fact just the hospitals that they were like we didn't go in with any other expectations you know with our son other than like here's what we felt like doing um you know as natural as possible that's you know what my mother my wife's you know plan was and it's just it's wild to see and she'll tell you too that you know how quickly that like your plan as much as you try it, it you're quickly realizing like how much control you don't have over a lot of things um so i think it was a humbling experience for both of us at least with our son um and not anything complicated or anything like that it's just you know, you go in with one frame of mind and one, you know, one plan as far as what, you know, you want to have done and then you try and stick to that. And I think that was probably the hardest thing for, for us as a couple, um, you know, cause here we are with epidurals and balloons and pills and it's like, oh my God, like, you know, why hasn't the doctor been here in, you know, four hours, what's going on? Our daughter, um, you know, you go from a private hospital to a public hospital and it's really just, that's where my wife worked at the time she worked at Duke and now she works for UNC. So that's really the only reason those were our choices. But, um, with our daughter, it was, their process was more holistic and calming from the beginning. It was like, how do we make, you know, mom completely calm and every, every part of the staff you could feel was on the same page and she didn't have as much like intervention, you know, at all, but, um, you know, still, you know, an experience that it's like, oh gosh, like, you know, what's, this wasn't what we planned on either. And we went with a completely open mind. Um, 
you know, so it's, it's just, I mean, it, if you really pay attention to all these little fragile moments that happen along the way, it's kind of setting you up for being a parent anyway, that, you know, there's, you can read a thousand books. Um, and from day one, like you, you can go in with this plan of pregnancy and it's not, it's not going to happen. So it sounds like you live in North Carolina. We do. Uh, we live in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, we just moved actually. We were, we lived in a house in Hillsborough. So Hillsborough is kind of this small, tiny, quaint, historic town, uh, not too far from here, about 20 minutes. We just moved really just to, just for the fact that it was a house that it comes with its own. My wife and I have always just lived in apartments. We didn't have any other background other than, than that, uh, you know, but having, having one child in a house and all the expectations that come with a house. Um, and we were just renting it. So it's not like we had to sell a house to do this, but you know, it's mowing a lawn. That's a lot more to clean. Um, you know, it's all those kind of things. And then when number two steps into the picture, you don't have time for any of that stuff and let alone just being there with your kids. So we kind of simplified things comes with things like better suited for a kid versus living in this, you know, historic district of a neighborhood. Um, you know, I had stuff there, but there's a lake across the street. There's a playground, you know, everything that they'd want to do is a lot closer. Um, so do we like living in an apartment with kids? No. Um, (laughs) but it definitely simplifies things in the sense that we can, we can enjoy the time with them. Do so your wife is at UNC now. Yep. Okay. Do you guys care about college basketball at all? (laughs) Um, no, not really. Um, I mean, I, I, I love my hockey. That's about it. Okay. I mean, when, when my wife and I first met, like I said, I'm mean, a hockey fan and I, I mean, I was born in New Jersey. Don't ask why, but I've always loved Boston teams. The only team that we share is the Giants. We will not be Patriot fans, but I was born in East Rutherford, which is home to Giant Stadium. Um, but I'm not that person. When we first met, um, we met at a, a, a Montessori training facility in Ohio, of all places. Both came from North Carolina to Ohio, but I was always wearing a Red Sox hat. And then one day we had this like overnight thing um, where everybody that was involved in this, like slept in the gym at this high school that we were training at. And I just happened to be wearing Bruin shorts. And here I was wearing that hat all day. And she said this very distinctively. She's like, and very sarcastically, like, do you just like Boston everything? I'm like, great. This lady is terrible. Like (laughs) you're annoying. And she's a huge Yankee fan. Uh, But my parents are, my dad is, but I'm not that person that's like, okay, well, I don't like you. You're, you're on the opposite spectrum of me. Um, in fact, my grandmother said something the other day, I had a uh, garden gloves at my parents' house and both of our parents live very close. In fact, they moved here just to be near us, um, uprooted their lives of 30 years living in Helms, Connecticut. And, you know, like I said, Charlotte, um, and my, my mom found a garden glove that I, I had must have been when I was little that had red socks on it. And my wife's mom said, I don't know if you can wear that, if you're going to be a Yankee fan and in my head, I'm like. I don't care what he is. Like he's, you know, he's, he's not going to, he's not going to upset anybody if he's, the <laughs> I, I mean, I, to the point, like, I mean, he's, I mean, that's what he'll watch. Like he's, he wants to watch Aaron judge and he knows yeah. more Yankee players than I think any Yankee fan you've ever asked is wearing a hat. But I'm like, to me, it makes me code switch and go, okay, I'm interested too. Like, fine. Like, yeah. You, you mentioned your wife's work already. Yeah. Um, do you want to say any more about that? And then what you do? Yeah. Um, I'm, I am quite comfortable in, in telling people that my, when, when they ask, like, what do you do for a living? And I, I tell them I'm a father. 
years before, you know, five, 10 years ago, if you had asked me that, I, I wouldn't have been like, yeah, I don't want to be a father, but I, I wouldn't have seen just how important just being that is in comparison to everything else. Um, so I'm, I'm not the person that wears the pants basically. Um, and, and to me, that's, that's wonderful. Um, it comes with a, a price. I feel like at this, this stage in the game for at least our son, because we've been around each other from day one constantly. Um, and we don't butt heads, but it like, you can feel it that it's just like, dad's always there. Um, and he's ready to be his own son or, you know, his own person. So I, I think there's like a limit to just being the stay at home dad, you know? Um, but it's, 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 it's what I do. And then everything else is just a side project in my head. My wife has always been after teaching, she's always been a nurse. Um, and then we moved here, like I said, she used to work for Duke, but she's always done the same thing. She's an oncology nurse. Um, so we see, and her father passed away 15 years ago now um, from colon cancer. So it's kind of why she got into it. You're the first stay at home dad that we've had on the oh, show. Yeah. Other than Jerome, who's on every show. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, I, it took, it's taken me a long time to get to this point of, of not necessarily being comfortable with it, but just knowing that that's my role and like, that's important. You know, and I guess that's, I mean, it's very much um, a societal thing for sure um, that, you know, I'm supposed to be the one that comes home with the money and I'm supposed to have a paycheck and I, I'm not, I'm not the one that's bringing in any bit of it really. Um, I'm also I'm not taking advantage of it by, you know, coming home and be like, look, honey, what I bought today, um, you know, so there's that too, but it, it, it's, it's been a hard pill to swallow that it's like, well, I didn't feel like I did do anything today. And I did, I, I took care of two kids and it, you know, it also brings a different dynamic at home too. you know, that, you know, that maybe, a, you know, a father might not get to see, cause he comes home and he thinks that, that I'm supposed, I did my job, right. I, I was working all day. Like, I, it doesn't matter that you were home with the kids. Like I'm hungry and I just want to go to bed too. Um, so I get to see a different side. Like when she's coming home, She's not feeling that at all. She's quite the opposite. She's felt guilty all day um, that she hasn't been at home with the kids. And so that gives us a whole new conversation. Really only now, um, let's see, maybe two weeks now, two, three weeks that both of our kids are at school. It used to be just our son. And that only started probably March. My mom and his grandmother is the director of the school. Um, so we had a nice introduction to be able to start that, but that was, that was a, a huge experience for me that I'm like, okay, well, you're gone half the day now. And like, not at grandma's like, you're gone somewhere else, but he was ready just as much as I was like, we were, we, I got to be the one to bring him to school. Cause mom was like, yeah, I don't want to experience that goodbye at all. I'm like, well, thanks. I don't either. Um, <laughs> but it worked. Cause I mean, it was just like, okay. And you could see like, he didn't. He didn't fuss or complain. It was kind of weird because it's like, wait a minute, I don't know any of this, but it was like he was ready for it. But and did you say your daughter is at school too during the days? She is now. Um, that was not something we, you know. There's, you know, everything that we knew, everything we thought we knew with our son, um, quickly goes out the door with the second kid. And that's one thing they don't tell you either is that the second kid, like, is really your first. Um, <laughs> and if if we had heard that, it would be way helpful because we're like, oh, wait a minute this work with Daniel, like what's happening? Um, and it doesn't, but no, she, um, there just happened to be an opening in the, they call it the Nito room. So the baby, baby room. 
and it's just on Mondays and Fridays here. So she's going a lot sooner than we plan, but she's pretty much gone the whole week. Um, so this has been actually, actually just the first full week of like both of them gone and I'm not picking them up until three o'clock. And it sounds like you have a pretty strong support network there. We do. Um, and we weren't really, ex- well, I shouldn't say we weren't really expecting the support, but we re- weren't expecting anybody to, to even think about coming. We didn't ask anybody to move. Um, Charlotte is only two hours away. My wife's mother lived in uh, Easton, Connecticut. So driving almost, you know, 11 hours. Um, so, you know, two different extremes of everything. But like I said, both of them, uh, I mean, 30 plus years living in the same home, um, same city. So your whole lives are there. So we never, we never did anything other than say, Hey, we're, we're pregnant. And it just kind of just came into conversation on their own that it was like, you know what? I think we want to move there. I'm like, Oh, um, sure. So we, we, we lucked out and we know it. Um, and you know, my wife's mom is the, is the grandmother that's basically, I mean, the, you know, it's where it's daycare. Um, and it has been, you know, since day one for them, but she's always been the outdoors person. Um, the gardener, that's what she did before she retired was work at a nursery, um, all her life for her husband, my wife's father that passed away. Um, he was a fireman, you know, that's all she knew. So they've gotten a great experience of just being outside and getting their hands dirty and growing all their own vegetables and things like that. And then you come here and we have a whole nother side of, you know, what, you know, we're used to, you know, the, you know, there's, well, there's fun at both places, but toys. And then you've got your, you know, materials and Montessori stuff here. And so you get different dynamics. And when they go to my mom's house, that's known to them um, just one day a week on Sunday. So they see that set of grandparents and my wife's mom as well um, once a week. But now they're seeing my, my mom at least, um, or my son is, my uh, Caroline seeing him like, you know, Mondays and Fridays, but seeing Nona every day of the week. And we try and keep to that schedule as far as being able to, to see them. And, it, you know, to the point that, you know, Daniel knows that it's Sunday. What are you doing Sunday? Going to see Nona and Poppy. Yep. Um, and if you don't, uh, you know, for whatever reason, they have something to do or just just maybe not being in a car because um, they live 45 minutes, 35 minutes away. Uh, it's not far, but it does mess with your your routine and your schedule as far as naps, um, for whoever they are. I mean, now not so much with Daniel cause he's like I said, almost three. So he can almost get away with not having a nap, but he'll sleep on the way back. Uh, Caroline just has never been a sleeper period. Um, no. but definitely not a, nef- definitely not a sleeper in the car. Um, so, you know, we're always careful about, you know, and my mom being, being, a you know, a teacher all her life. Um, and then, you know, of course, you know, seeing how that plays out even to, you know, today, like, you know, I'm not retired, but she, she, you don't have to explain to her, like, she'll be the first to tell you, like, I think you should probably stay home. Like let them rest and not be in the car. So it makes it easy that no one's like, well, I want to see my baby. Well, I moved all the way here from Connecticut. Yeah, right. There's nothing like that. Like everybody's like, okay, you know? Yeah. So you said that routines have sort of shifted in the, in the last month. Let's talk about the the routine, Anna. What time do you get up, and what happens first? Oh man, I, you know that's a funny one to. That's I think the, the looking at that question is the one that caused me the most anxiety because I'm like there, there really isn't like this. You know, you see all those fantastic, you know, um, Pinterest, you know, kind of boards and 
photos of this family with like, you, know, you wake up and you do this, check, you know, have the kid check that off. And it's there. You can do that. But they, no one tells you like with a lot of things with parenting, like that, that may not work for your kid. And it, it, if it doesn't, that's fine. For us, it's always been about just, well, I'll start with just Daniel. Cause when you throw the second one in the mix, like forget it. Um, you know, there's a different, they're starting over and we, we had them as close as possible for a reason. Um, this is hands down like survival mode for the past year that we've been in. And we knew that, um, but we know what happens when they get, you know, a little bit older here, just, you know, relatively like down the street. Um, but if we just look at just like his routine it's probably the best, cause that's still what we aim for. And, and, and what we've always, what we've done with him is, you know, at least make sure that there's like the same things are happening you know, at that moment in the day, is it always going to be seven o'clock that he's waking up? No. Um, it's around there, you know, to the point that we can say he woke up early today and that was like 10 till seven. So for the beginning of the day, at least, well, you know, we've always, you know, woken up and he supposed to go to the bathroom. Um, you know, so he's two, he's almost three. We're like, we'll just call him a three-year-old at this point or 20 year old, one of the two. He wakes up. We know that he's, you know, he knows that he needs to go, go pee. Um, or at least I think he does because he's figured out what why means all of a sudden the past two weeks. So it's a very like genuine why. And I, we refuse to say just because. So, you know, we've got to come up with a good answer or that why is coming out again. You know, that's what he's doing when he wakes up. And, you know, two weeks ago it was, you know, get changed before you have breakfast and then have breakfast. And then he's constantly wanting to do things by himself. And now that's evolved into wanting the plan to be by himself. Um, so it's probably been like two weeks and I'm sitting there in front of him with, you know, the clothes that we chose, he and I together. Um, so we always try and involve him and we have the answer already. We've kind of given that an answer with everybody presenting. So it doesn't become this back and forth, you know, like which, which underwear do you want? Do you want the Mandalorian ones or the red ones? Mm -hmm. The red ones. Okay. There's a red one. You know, so you give him these options knowing that one, either one of those two is absolutely, you know, the right answer. Um, but he looked at me and he just kind of like saunters into the, the living room, didn't say anything. And I'm like, what, what are you doing, bud? Like it's seven 15. We need to be out the door here at, at, you know, at eight around there. And turns out he just wanted to eat first, um, and not get changed. So here you are, you had this, but that's, that's my adult brain knowing that this is what I do first when I wake up and I can't. I can't tell him he needs to do that. You can't tell the one-year-old either. Like, that, you know, in her version of it is, yeah, you're picking her up and you're changing that diaper and you're getting her changed for her. But is she going to have that first bottle? No, she hasn't played with these toys all day. And there they are in front of her. So, I mean, to me, routines are, I, I don't want to say flexible and, you know, like you just have to be like, ah, whatever. But you have to understand that there's, an, you know, an ebb and flow to it. You know, do you have these responsibilities that happen to happen? Yeah. But who am I as a 42 year old to tell my three year old that, no, you need to have breakfast first. Meanwhile, I won't have breakfast until I come home because I'm not hungry. I'll have a cup of coffee. I have a glass of water before I start. But who the heck am I to tell him not to eat breakfast, you know, to not have breakfast or to have breakfast now in this order when your dad's not, you know, so especially with the morning one, for sure, it, you know, it's, you have to have this, okay, you know, and, and it's going to change as far as, you know, what time that is. 
that was a quick reality for us. So my wife, when she worked for Duke, she wasn't coming home until like almost six, six thirty. Um, and we've always, 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 always wanted to be able to sit down at dinner. All of us, this has never been about, well, he needs to be in bed this time. And so his cycle of routine at the end of the day then was pushed. He wasn't going to bed until almost like nine, nine thirty. Is that late by the books, by all the blogs, by all the parenting guidelines? Oh yeah. Um, you're a terrible parent for doing that one, but that's our schedule. And we don't need to sit down and, you know, binge Netflix at eight o'clock. Like we're not, you know, so it's our world is, is not on a back burner, but it's like, this is what's important. And then that family routine. And so he does that. And we've always done that. Only now is it getting down to be a normal time. Um, but that's a moving target too, at the end of the day, you know, we know that by seven 30, um, we want to be in the, him in the room, you know, reading books to me is what's happening now and, you know, reading books and settling down. But sometimes that happens. Sometimes that doesn't, um, you know, sometimes it's a little bit earlier because he's exhausted. Sometimes you're watching a baseball game and he's looking for a commercial break. Um, it's to be going and it's a long inning and you're like, Oh my God, I shouldn't have said commercial break, but you know, you can't, you readily see if you're open to it, if you're ready to embrace it, that's a funny example, but it's so true. Um, he and I will be playing with, you know, late, like baseball or doing something. And I'm like, Hey buddy, like, you know, you want to, you sound out of breath. Why don't you go get a drink of water? I want to wait for a commercial break. I'm like, this is real life, dude. Like you're not gonna, <laughs> you have to take your own commercial break, but, um, you know, they, but they're aware of that, you know? And so you can't, I mean, even with, I mean, she's one, but from like, <laughs> from day one, um, She's never fit into that bubble, you know, and we, we were scrambling in the beginning because they're like, we were so used to our son, you know, he would be up for those three hours or whatever the window, awake window was, and he'd sleep for 45 minutes. You'd put her down if you could get her down easily. Um, she'd be asleep for 20 minutes and you're like, oh. <laughs> do they share a room? They do now. Um, and that changes the routine too. He spent two years of his life by himself, all his own stuff, all this kind of stuff. And we just like shook up his world. And it's only now at this stage of life that he's realizing he's not the only person in the planet. Um, and that's just a natural stage of development. But we, we wanted to do it when we lived in the house and we readily saw that she's not great at falling asleep by herself. He's just figuring out how to do this beautifully. Don't mess that up until we yeah. move. Um, and he was fine with it. I think he actually was like, you know, enjoyed that thought. And then, you know, quickly that changed his mind because he wasn't aware that what she was doing in the middle of the night is not cool when it's in your room. And I, 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 I feel bad for the kid because I'm sure it's like what I imagine, like having PTSD from being in war has got to be like for a person because she gets up and I mean, she's standing on the edge of the crib and she's like screaming um, for somebody to come in it just to get your attention, not necessarily need something, but he'll sleep through it for the most part. Our room is on the other side. They have the master bedroom. I want to say like maybe the first week or so he was good. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the night, he just could you know, it was one night, it was just too much noise. He got up and without really knowing where to go, it's pretty dark. There's like a kitchen light. He walked all the way in by us and he said, mommy, Caroline's awake and like, oh, yeah, we know things. <laughs> now, I mean, just within these past like three weeks, um, we've started to see a different shift in like how that works as far as bedtime. He's gone back to like having a little bit of a challenge falling asleep on his own. We finally just decided that she's terrible about self-soothing. 
that we're just going to get to eight o'clock. He can find his routine. He knows what he needs to do. We'll let him do that. And I'll just sit with him the whole time. And then mom will bring Caroline in, put her down in the crib. And for a while there, she thinks it's like a swimming pool and she's, you know, jumping around. She's standing up. Mom just quietly redirects her. And then, then it kicks in. It's like, wait a minute, you're about to say goodbye once I fall asleep. And then the screaming begins. And so you're sitting next to him. And then it becomes like, you know, 8, 830. And you, you're just lucky that, hey, they fell asleep by themselves. And it's relatively a normal time. So we've talked about kind of like the morning part and actually covered a fair bit of like the bedtime routine. Let's fill in what happens in between. Well, so, I mean, here you are, you know, going to school, at least for, you know, both of them. But they follow exactly what we would do just on a weekend, too. We always try to stick, you know, the same same plan that, you know, lunch is around the same target time, um, you know, 12, 1230. Um, that's what they do at school. So we try and mirror that. And then some days we, you know, we, we have a, a, a tired Daniel on a Saturday and Caroline's just as tired around the same time. So all of a sudden he's taking a, you know, a nap at 11 o'clock and that that's not when he would do it. But our, our goal is to be somewhere around that time. And then in the afternoons, we try and at least, you know, when we're home, we'll just stick with that one for the weekends. Um, you know, we try and find some kind of like simple activity and we always just base that on what they what they do and what they, you know, they need and, you know, what it's like outside, um, you know, not trying to force too much and do too many things. And sometimes that's just as simple as going to Harris Teeter because they have race car shopping carts and that kid is, nice. you know, happy just driving around the freaking cart with you chasing after hummus. Um, and there it is. I didn't have to think of, you know, going to a library or going to a museum or doing this to you know, I love those conversations. Like, you know, your, your kid should get out and, you know, for at least 15 minutes a day. And like, you're basically trying to wear the kid out. Like I've tried that before. Um, and I'm surprised that, you know, he basically just did a half marathon on a bicycle and he's still trying to like struggling to fall asleep. Um, so we try and just keep it simple that it's like, did they get outside yet today? No, it was raining at school. It's nice out, you know, here. Um, so like today, They'll come home. I'll get them at like three. School is like 25 minutes away. So that brings us close to like 3.30-ish. By the time they come home, wife is done at like 4.30. You know, work is maybe 20 minutes away. So it's not this long window anymore now of being, um, having to entertain. Um, so I'll just even just like walk back to even just a week ago that coming home on these days when it was like both of them with me. Um they come home, have some kind of snack, whatever that meant for either one of them, um, whether that's finishing her bottle that she, you know, you know, refused to have as the terminology at school. It was like, I didn't want it. Um, so it might be that or just sitting down, you know, at, at their chairs, at their desk. And they both have, she's gotten better about sitting up in a chair. Um, in fact, that's what they, you know, they do at school. And she knows that the desk here is very similar to that, you know, these small wooden chairs. So she's doing the same thing that her brother is doing. They'll sit at the desk that's next to our kitchen table, um, having a snack when they would get home. And then depending on the day, like, you know, is it 900 degrees out then? No. So we're not, I'm not going to put you outside and, and roast you in a stroller or a bike. Um, you know, so there might be something in here, but if it's nice out, then, you know, you kind of break that up after they've played for a little bit. Cause you know, you've, they've spent all day being, you know, told what to do for lack of better terms, you know, they've kind of had, so let them get it out of their system. If they want to throw a ball in the, the ceiling or, you know, something like that, you know, it's like, you've got to let that happen. Um, and then it's, you know, it's 
some kind of activity, whether it's just a walk or a bike ride, you know, me or just, you know, all of us, if my wife's, you know, home earlier and we aim to, we've, we've slowly just come to the realization that like, if we don't have them seated by like six for dinner, dinner goes a whole different direction and it's almost clockwork. And he's probably been that Daniel since at least two that you'll see him start to get like squirrely with, you know, what he's doing. He's not the kid that's throwing it around. Like sometimes he's just, he figured out that, you know, elephants trunks look exactly like his, his string beans that he grew at grandma's house. So it's like, he's trying to pretend that that's going in the milk. And oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, it's every time that happens, we'll look down at the clock and I'm like, it's six 30, 6 30. He's losing it. you know. <laughs> and it, so it makes sense now. So we've, we adjust certain things. Um, so like bath time, they're both, you know, obviously near that. It, it used to be that both of them were having that happen after dinner. Today is a good example of they're, well, they now take a bath together. But the other days out of the week, he's taking a bath with me before mom and Caroline even come home. So you switch that. So he's not being pushed at dinner. So there's a good, you know, example of flexibility there. Today won't look like that. And we just have to go, okay. It'll happen however it happens. So in the end, what we aim to do, you know, from the, the moment we come home from school or in the afternoon to the, the ending time of 7.30 is that. How do we at least get to that point at the end in the calmest way possible? Do we have to rearrange that this is when a bath is happening versus it wasn't happening yesterday um, or, or what? Um, so, you know, you have to kind of be flexible throughout the day, but our... Our goal has always been the evening point because that's where that's where the next day starts. If you're chaotic, if you're rushing, if you're, you know, not paying attention to some time, whatever that may be for your child, but it, whether it happens to be nine thirty or seven or whatever it is, whatever is your schedule, that's what you have to stick to as best you can. And we, it, I mean, yesterday it still ended up. I mean, we were, we actually looked at the clock and it was like, I was like seven ten, um, and we we're like, wow, like everybody bathed and ate and we had time, but it was because we weren't trying to pay attention to time. Um, we just were like, okay, these things need to get done calmly. Yeah. No, I mean, so, I mean, it, I mean, just to sum up, I mean, it, it, it's all about helping them find their routines when it comes down to it, you know, and, and, and being okay with whenever it's not your routine, you know, that this is what they're developed. They'll figure it out along the way, you know? Yeah. I like, uh, yeah, there's, a lot of peace that comes with like, I'll have a general structure, but then yeah. it's like the serenity to adjust to whatever they're feeling or needing. Yeah. Um, and that your, your job is to help them find that, not dictate yeah. it for them, you know? So yeah, I like that. Hello, dear listener friends, Caitlin and Jerome, just checking in here to remind you that we exist not only in your ears on your podcast platform, but also in the world of social media where you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and kind of Twitter, but I don't know who does Twitter anymore. We don't just exist in social media. Some would argue that that is the more important world. Well, I don't, I don't know if I would say that. Some would, some would. Maybe not me or you, but some would. Sure. But it is cool to see pictures of the guest family, uh, video clips. You, you could also see full video episodes of the show at our Patreon, which you can find links to in the show notes or at our website, everydayparentspod.com. 
We did this episode on vacation, so it's a different setting, and we look really good and relaxed. Some would say we've never looked better. Not me, or not Caitlin, but some would. So, uh, three questions I give uh, all of our guests towards the end of our interviews here. Um, So, I'll give them to you all up front, and you can take them in whatever order strikes you first. Um, So, what would you say has been an example of uh, a parenting win recently? Uh, What would you say has been an example of a parenting challenge? And then, when you and your wife are not parenting your children, what do the two of you like to do to be yourselves or unwind? (laughs) So, the win, I mean, recently... it's going to sound crazy, but just like figuring out like what to do with them both at the same time with sleep, not, not for the sake of like any time, you know, like them going to bed that it's like, it was like a crystallizing moment, like, like within the moment that it's like, you stay here, you stay with her and let her like scream it out so that we can figure out how to help her self-soothe finally. And and at the same time, I got to figure out how to relax with him because I can get caught up in the pressure of like, dude, you need to close your eyes, man. It, you know, um, so, I mean, it, there's a lot of wins, you know, with the two of them for sure. Each day, um, they blow your mind with like what they say and what they do and how they say it. Um, even just, you know, within the past couple of days was the why, I, I mean, that was one of those dreaded things that you hear about. Where do you figure out that he's going to annoy you? I annoy people with obviously with how much I talk, <laughs> I'm getting it. I'm getting it full, full, full circle now. Um, <laughs> but that was a win for me too. Cause it's like, great. I, you know, I get to explain stuff to you and not just be like, you know, shut up, like just because it's not, I'm not telling you just because that it, it, here's the reason. This is why we go to the bathroom this early. This is why eating this is good for you. And it turns out the way he hears that is all of a sudden he'll tell you like, I like drinking water. Water is important. Yeah. That came out of my mouth because I answered that. The challenges like I said, to go back and, and ask me that question is, is eating. Um, I don't know where that came from. I don't know why that is for me. Just knowing how important those things are, sleep, eat, water, all that just kind of caught me off guard that I get anxious when he's sitting there. We've been sitting there for like, you know, 20 minutes and I don't eat fast. So again, I don't know where that comes. Like I'm the first person to tell you that soup is a great meal because it makes you sit. But it, it, it challenges me to the point that like I was for a while that I was I was finishing or not. Sometimes I would just wasn't eating because I, I mean, my body just physically shut down and I would just start the dishes because I, I couldn't stop myself from getting frustrated at him enough and I could feel it coming. So that's been an unexpected challenge that it's like a constant work on. But then you remember that, again, like he's they're, they're going to take their time and he does do better when we give it. But that's on us. If we started too late. That's why he's getting that. So, you know, it's on us. That he's not eating enough or he's eating like too no. slowly? Well, that's my thought. That's in the back of my head because I I have a tendency to just jump five miles ahead. So I'm like, okay, you're not eating enough or you're not going to, you're mm-hmm. not finishing this. You're already getting upset. So you're going to get down from this table in about an hour and a half. I'm going to be laying there with you and you're going to like, dad, I need something. What do you need? I want to have something to eat. No, we don't. In, no, we don't eat in bed. No, we don't eat in bed. You're kidding. You know, so it's like I can see all the other things coming. It's going to make you late for for sleep, and that gets me. And so there's a good example of dad. You need to like just be in the moment and stop. So it's been a challenge, but at the same time, it's been. A, I'm the kind of person that I let that lesson come in because there's something I'm feeling this way because I'm I need to figure something out for myself. I, I trust my daughter to like eat enough or whatever. The hardest part I have with this is just like the food waste. 
usually because mm-hmm. like I try not to waste any food at all. And right. Then, and he gets he gets that one too, and that's even more frustrating because he can't be like I'm, he's like you know I want to save this. No, no, you don't get to save that. Like we need to eat that. You took a bite out of that, so I have to throw it away. So you're like you can see it. You get very caught up and. Like, why do they, like, they're, again, they're listening to their own body. You're trying to help them figure that out. You're not going to help them figure that out by telling them they have to finish. And we're not the people to do that either. Do you want cantaloupe? Yeah. Well, then you need to eat this, you know, that's not (laughs) helping because now they're not eating it. They're just eating it for the cantaloupe. Um, So what do my wife and I do? Yeah. Um, Absolutely zero at the moment. (laughs) Um, And we know that though, you know, a lot of it comes down to the nighttime she does a lot of like extra work before she goes to bed so that she doesn't have to do anything extra in the morning. So we can be at a calmer pace. The concert that I went to the other night was supposed to be our anniversary gift. Uh, we went to, we were going to go see Sam Smith, um, uh, worked out. It was still like, you know, a friend of mine that's very, he's a musician himself, but, and I just gone to, you know, to Nashville to go see my brother. Uh, we went to go see Ed Sheeran. So I luck out. Wow. She knew, she knew that that's what I need. She's, she's not the first person that'll think of herself. She'll tell you that. Like, she actually asked me the other day if she could buy like a new bathing suit and I think underwear. And I'm like, well, don't ask me. Like, of course you can. Like she, and she's like, I just don't, I feel bad buying. There's a brand new pair of Hoka's down here. She needed them. Who told her that she needed to get them? I did because I saw that she needed new shoes, but she won't do that for herself. And so we, we've always been like that individually, collectively, you know, when we first got, you know, as a couple and, but we, we also did a lot. Uh, you know, with each other. And now a lot of those activities, the things we do with them. So we don't, and then having two of them at two different spectrums, this little, we, we, we don't have a friend group that we can just, and we've already dumping enough on grandparents. It's hard for us to be like, Hey, we're going to go have a couple beers. Can you watch them? They never slept at either of the grandparents house. So we haven't gotten to that point yet, but we do, <laughs> we do have a date in October to just spend the night in, in Durham. But we know that that's something that we need to work on. I think a lot of people will be like, you know, they may be the one that immediately is like, you know, you have to like, you know, go on a date. You have to do things for yourself. Go hang out with your boys. And we, we pride ourselves on wanting to be around our family more, knowing that we also need to take care of ourselves. Yeah, I like that you booked your date three months in advance. <laughs> right. Classic. Um, well, I mean, but it was it was a conversation that happened between the two of us that was like, I I knew that. And, you know, nothing was happening. Nothing was wrong with our relationship at all. But I, I knew that, like, if we keep doing this, it's not going to be healthy. And then we're going to just always have conversations about them. And that's great, too. But you have to be you have to feel comfortable with that. You know, like some people may not. So you can't tell them, like, you need to schedule a time just to go out with your husband. They may not be comfortable leaving their kid at home with just a babysitter, or, you know, a cousin of, or, or any relative for that matter, because that separation is hard. And that was definitely the case with us. That's what we do for now. Cups of tea, make sure that, you know, you're reading a book at night, um, all those kinds of things. But as they get older and you get more comfortable with uh, what you're, you know, who they are, who you are, um, then you get to kind of branch out. Thank you. Uh, thank you so yeah. much for spending yeah. some time with us, JD, and telling us about your family. I appreciate it. If I were to tell you that Maria Montessori was born in 1870, would you believe me? Yes. You'd be right. She was. (laughs) Cool. What else did you learn?
Uh, she died in 1952 in Nordwijk, Netherlands. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot that I did not know about that style of education. Obviously, I didn't do well in school, and my daughter is not in school yet, so I have not paid much attention to schooling till this point. Yeah, I actually don't know that much about Montessori either. I feel like I would be into it, but I don't know. So the thing that I was maybe not most struck by, but definitely struck by in terms of like thinking of all our interviewees, um, these this is the first couple we've talked to who moved from a house to an apartment oh, during yeah. the pandemic rather than the other way around, which I thought was interesting and totally identified with their reasonings for it because like the thing that I still not have not found time to work into our routine regularly is like house maintenance and projects. Like, you know, I've had my list going on forever and ever that like, I have to like send Charlie away for a night to get the caulking done in the bathroom and then the caulk gun breaks. And yeah, our yard is like eight square feet, so it's doable. But yeah, that's interesting. And then one thing that I really sort of appreciated was his mindset of just like, which I think comes from that Montessori tradition of like, not um, rushing the kid, like doing things at the kid's pace. It's funny because even if like, if I'm trying to get out of the house, even if there's no specific time I need to be somewhere, I feel rushed just inherently. And so I put that onto her and not usually in any like, I don't know. Damaging way. Yeah. I feel myself becoming stressed out. At least I'm able to recognize that and take a step back. But like, I have to consistently remind myself and I feel like some of the mindsets that JD shared would be helpful um, to practice to kind of get out of that habit. 